So this is the second part of a series called How to Receive the Blessings of God. Now, we know the blessings are out there. The promises are there. They're in the Bible. There's 7,000 of them. All we need to do is what? Receive them. Now, that's the trick to be able to receive them. Open up your heart, your mind, to receive what God has already given to us. He's not withholding any good gift from us. He's not trying to keep it from us. He wants us to receive it. So some of these things that I'm going to talk about today, and mainly today we're talking about how to not give up. Amen? How many of you pray for things, and it seems like it's not going to happen? You pray for a week, a month, a year. How many of you are believing for guys something for over a week? Anybody over a week? Yeah. How about over a month? How about over a couple of years? Yeah. The tendency is to give up and say, oh, I don't think it's not going to work. I've been praying. God's not doing anything. And you want to give up. And I was talking to Richard uh, last week. I was telling him that I was taught that when you plant a seed of faith into the ground, you leave it there, you water it, you believe God's going to bring a harvest. You don't dig it up and go, oh, is it growing? Oh, it's not growing? Oh, well, you throw it away. No. Once you say, I believe my husband's going to be saved, I believe my kids are going to be saved, you don't dig it up and say, oh, well, I don't think this is going to work. They're not acting right. It's not going to happen. I give up. No, that's not what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to believe God. And I don't know why sometimes things take longer than others. Do you know why? No, I don't know why. In the book of Daniel, he talks about he did two prayers. One prayer was a real long prayer. It took about three minutes. By the time he was done, the angel was there with the answer. The next chapter, he prays a long prayer, and three weeks later, the angel appears. Why did it take so long? Well, Gabriel, the angel, said, I've been, the moment you prayed, I was sent forth to give you the answer, but I had to fight this Prince of Persia guy, and we had a spiritual battle out there, and that's why it took me so long to get here, but I'm here. Whew. So we don't know what has to take place in the spiritual realm for things to come, but God always knows the perfect timing, and it seems like he's late, but he's always on time, and we have to be patient and not give up and lose heart, and let's see what the scripture says here. And he spoke a parable, Jesus saying unto them, to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. We're supposed to be always praying, keeping our communication going with the Lord, speaking to him about situations and things that we're facing, and not to say, well, Lord, I don't know why you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, it's said in a little different way in the, in the Amplified. Let's look at this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always, how often? Always. always. We used to say, you don't hang up the phone when you're talking to God. In the morning when you're praying to God and you're telling him all the things, you don't say, okay, well, I'll see you later. No, you keep talking as you're going, as you're driving, as you're going to work. Men are always to pray, and check this out, and not turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Now, who wants to be called a coward? Nobody, right? Can you imagine a baseball player? They're out there and they're down 10 to nothing. The first baseman goes, you know, I've had it. I'm going in the dugout. You guys play. (laughs) <laughs> you say, what a coward. That, that, he's, he gave up. Yeah. He lost heart, right? You have to keep playing no matter how many people are watching. I know uh, I have a friend that was a major league player, John Shelby, and he was in the dugout one time, and a rookie was there. He was a catcher. And he, he asked John, he goes, do we have to play the rest of the schedule? Can't we just, like, forget about it? It's, you know, we lost. Let's go home, forget about it. He goes, no, we have to play the whole thing. You have to play your whole life. 
Amen? You have to play to the end. You have to believe God. You never know when things are going to turn around for your good. You don't want to be called a coward, do you, in heaven? What's the opposite of being a coward? Courageous. Isn't that what God told Joshua? Be, only be strong and very courageous. God wants you to be courageous. You know, I had someone prophesy over me the other day, and they said, God is shouting out. He's so happy with you. He's so proud of you, all the things that you're doing, how you're loving the people of God. And in my mind, you know what my mind was saying? But what about all the bad things I did? How about all the times that I missed it? God, don't look at that. He's looking at where we're going and what, he's, what we're doing for him, and he's happy with you. I know uh, one time Tony had a prophecy. The, Bible, the, the, the lady said, the Lord is doting over you. I go, that's kind of sweet. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> the Lord is doting over you. Well, okay, well, praise the Lord. God's got some kind of love language for you. And I, I like it because she kind of gave me a precursor or a, what do they call it when you get an advance notice, a progress report. Oh, he's happy with me. Oh, I'm on the right direction. Amen. So it's good to hear things like that from the Lord, to know that you're doing the right thing. So in my teaching, the way I teach, if you haven't figured this out, I find a principle in the Bible, you know, a scripture that talks about a principle. Then I try to find out where it actually happened in the Bible, where someone did the principle. Then I try to find out where someone that we know, or myself, have experienced it, to solidify it. You got the principle in the Bible, you got somebody in the Bible that actually did it, and then you have somebody that, you know, was reading the Bible and put it to practice, and it came to, came to pass. Can you, can you agree with me on that? All right. So he told them a parable, the men ought always to pray. So the story about someone that didn't give up, I don't know if you know the story about Elijah. He told the king, the Lord told him to tell the king, it's not going to rain for three years. Now, you don't tell the king that because he's, you know... He's got his farm people and everything. You don't want to tell him that. And so he had to run for his life. Then after the three years, he came back and he said, okay, the Lord told me it is going to rain now. And they said, okay. And Elijah went up to the mountain to pray that it would rain. My question is, why did he have to go pray that it's going to rain if the Lord said it was going to rain? The same reason that we have to pray, even though we have the promises in the Bible, we have to pray that they come to pass. So what happened was, he went to the mountain, he prayed, put, the Bible says he put his head between his knees, prayed and told his servant, now go to the sea and see if there's any rain, see if there's a cloud. And the servant went, didn't see any, came back, no, boss, no, no rain, no clouds, no nothing. Okay. He prayed again, said, no, go check it out again. The servant went and ran, no, came back, no, no, no rain, no clouds, no nothing. So what would Elijah do? Give up? Lose lose heart, faint. He prayed again. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you have promised this coming true. He told the servant, go now, look. And the servant looked and said, I don't see a thing. Anybody know how many times he prayed? Seven times. Very good. Seven times. What if he would have quit on the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time? And on the seventh time, he told his servant, go check it out. The servant came back. Well, I saw like a little cloud about the size of a hand. Just You could barely see it, you know. Is that what you're talking about? Yes! Sometimes you see a little, little glimmer of hope, and you go, okay, the Lord's working. You don't give up. Praise God. You don't lose heart. You don't give up. Praise the Lord. So I can remember a girl at our other church, 
and she wanted to become a nurse. That's a noble profession. So she went to school, and she went to take her bar exam for, to be a nurse, and she just missed it by a few points. Ah. Oh. And we all said, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll do better the next time. The next time she took it, guess what? She missed it by a lot. Oh, you were just nervous. Take it again. You'll be all right. She took it again and still missed it by a little bit. And now we began to wonder, maybe you're not cut out for this. Maybe the Lord, maybe you didn't hear the Lord, you know. So then she took it again the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time, the seventh time, the eighth time, the ninth time, and failed every single time. And I remember she came to me for counsel, and I had nothing to say. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Take it again? <laughs> I mean, come on. Did you study? or what? Did you pray? I mean, what, what can you say? She finally took it the 10th time. Lo and behold, she passed. She didn't give up. Some things we just can't give up on. We can't give up on our loved ones. We can't give up on our, our family. We can't give up on the dreams that we have because God is able to fulfill them if you don't lose heart and give up. Praise the Lord. How many of you know of a girl named Florence Chadwick? Let's see a picture over here. There she is. Can anybody guess what she does for a living? Huh? Long distance swimming. Very good. Give this man a prize. Uh, there is no prizes, but anyway, it's... it's yeah, she swam the English Channel twice, both ways, right? So she came to California. She said, I'm going to swim from Catalina to Palos Verdes. How many of you have ever been on that boat ride? It's a long boat ride, isn't it? It takes about an hour or so. Choppy and cold. And so she gets in the water. It's only 26 miles. English Channel is 21 miles, so she figured she could do it. So she started swimming, but it was cold and foggy. She couldn't see where she was going. She didn't know how far she had traveled. She just kept swimming and swimming and swimming. You ever feel like sometimes you're in a fog? You just keep swimming and swimming and swimming. Here, here's a man that graduated. How long did it take you to finish graduation? You're, you're, I know how long. Tell us. Go ahead. You can tell us. Ten years. He just graduated last, uh, a couple of months ago, right? What, you could have given up any time, right? You want to. Amen. But this good thing, the scripture, he had the scripture. Don't lose faint, don't grow faint and lose heart and give up. So Florence is swimming, and she swam for 15 hours. Can you imagine swimming for 15 hours? I can't imagine doing anything for 15 hours, let alone swimming in cold water, and so she's ready to give up. She tells her mom, who's in a boat alongside of her, uh, Mom, I, 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 just pull me out. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. And the mom said, No, honey, come on. You're almost there. Keep swimming. You're going to make it. So she tried the best she could, but finally, emotionally and physically exhausted, she said, I can't do it. Pull me in. They pulled her in the boat. Then they traveled, and they found out she was only a half a mile away from the shore. Would that, it, wouldn't that just get you? She saw the, on the news conference the next day, she said, if I would have been able to see the shore, I could have made it. And sometimes we give up because we can't see the end. We can't see what's going to happen. We give up and say, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. You might be just so, so close. 
that you don't know it's going to happen if you just don't give up. So surprisingly enough, she went and tried it again and finished the whole thing in 13 hours. So sometimes we lose our spiritual sight, but we have to know that God is still working even though it looks like we're going to not make it. Praise the Lord. So I want to tell you one more story uh, about uh, my dad. Uh, My wife, his wife, my mother, passed away, and he was 90 years old. And so I, I said in my mind, I got three things that I want for my dad while he's still around. I want him to enjoy his final days here on earth. I want him to be protected and healthy the rest of his life. And I want him to accept the Lord in his life. And I typed it all up. I said, these are the goals, Pop. And I put them on the refrigerator. And he looked at them every time he went by. I don't know how many times he read them, but, but he, he, was, he had a little bit of a dementia. And so it was kind of hard to communicate sometimes because he would forget things so easily. And he was paranoid. paranoid. So he thought I was always taking things. You know, like I'd come over to the house and take little things. Like, did you take that little doily that I had there? I go, no, Pop. No, I don't, I don't know. It seems like you take stuff when you come here. <laughs> Pop. He said, and then he, I don't know where he got this. He said, you, you ha- you, you've never been a good son. You, you, uh, I, I, don't trust, don't come, I don't want you to come in the house anymore. And so, uh, and then he put some curse words on it. <laughs> Was I moved? No, because I got three points there that I got to get through to him, all right? So I would wait for the dementia to leave, you know, about half a second, and then I go, I understand, Pop. Hey, do you want to go get a hamburger? Yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> Just com- completely forgot, didn't know anything that was happening. So my dad, though his mind was not sharp, his physical body was. So in Palos Verdes, there's this long sleep, uh, long slope there. I don't know if you've ever been there. I mean, if you, he got on a Razor scooter, and he would go down and go shopping, and, and, and fold it up and take the bus and come back up. And uh, I mean, it, it's so steep, if you went straight, you'd probably go about 30 miles an hour. I'm sure he put the brakes on, but he had a couple falls now and then. And the last fall, he broke his hip. And so I went to go visit him in the hospital, and I looked at him, and he's, you know, <laughs> I'm going, it's over. It's, it, I don't know. 92 years old. I don't know if he's going to make it or not. But I had to believe. I said, but Lord, what about point number two, protected and healthy? And point, we haven't even got to point three, except Jesus in his heart. We got to have that come to pass. Miraculously, somehow, he recovered. So we put him in a place next to my sister's house, a senior center, senior uh, home, and so he was there, and she, you know, she's not really knows the Lord like, like we do. And so she was just taking care of him. And then finally, after seven months, uh, the insurance kind of ran out. We needed to move him. And I, so my son helped me. He says, let's get a place by our house. That way we can take him to church. He can hear the word of God and get saved. Yes, point number three. But now the problem is, if you have any older parents, they don't like to move for nothing. I'm staying here, I'm not moving, you're not taking me out of this house, this is the way it's going to be, blah, 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 blah. So we came up with a plan, and uh, I shared this plan with you, I don't want you to try it at home, uh, I don't really advise it, but, but this is what the Lord gave us. So what we were going to do is we are going to take Pop out to eat, 
And in the meantime, while we're getting, going to the restaurant, Charles and me are going to have a truck. We're going to come, load dad's stuff up, go to the restaurant, have a nice Italian meal. Ah, I tell you, everything's happy. All right. And then Marianne's going to take my dad on a slow ride to the new house because the new house is decorated kind of the same way. It's the sister company, so the same pictures, same colors and everything. He, I said, maybe he won't notice. Perhaps, right? So, uh, so we did that, and so we had a nice meal. We start to go, okay, Dad, we'll see you in a little bit. And we set up the bed, put the pictures in there, got the TV, got everything nice and everything. And, and so we, we walk into the new place, and I'll never forget the look on my dad's face. I've never seen him look this way. It's almost like his heart sunk. His face went, oh. it's like I got to get accustomed to a new place. A new, a new surroundings. And my heart cried out. I go, Pop, uh, I'm so sorry. This, this, is the only, this is the best way that we could do it. And, and I took the week off. I'll be with you every day this week. I'll come and have breakfast with you, and we'll spend time together. And he said, okay. The next morning he woke up, he was fine. I go, praise the Lord. The plan is working. So for seven months, he came to church in the community center. He had his coffee. He had his donuts. He listened to me preach. And finally, after seven months, he said, I'm ready to accept the Lord. I said, you ain't kidding. All right, let's pray. And so we prayed, and he accepted the Lord. And I can remember when he was dying, we were there at his bedside, and he said, son, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I said, dad, just cry out, Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus. He said, okay, Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He went on to be with the Lord. I was so happy. I was so happy. And this took like four years for it to happen. But I didn't give up. I, when he was cussing me out, I didn't say anything. When he was pretending like there was no God and no heaven, and no that, I didn't react to that. Because why? I had a promise from the Lord that he was going to fulfill these points. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So... Whatever, whatever or whoever you're believing for. Now, we have some people in our family, we've, believing, we've been believing for 40 years. And still, barely a budge, okay? But we're not giving up. Because what's the promise? We, us and our whole household will be saved. Amen. So we, we couldn't uh, give up. So let's look at this uh, a parable that Jesus told. And uh, Brother Richard... Read so good last week. He gets a uh, return performance. And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his shameless persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Pretty amazing story, isn't it? How many of you have friends at midnight? I don't have any friends at midnight. You call me at midnight, I'm sleeping, okay? Call me in the morning, right? But this guy just kept knocking at the door. 
shameless persistence. Didn't give up. Didn't care if the guy was saying, get out of here. It's midnight. Go home. He just continued to knock. What's the scripture? It says, come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace in time of need. I, I had to call out, God, you said that my dad would be saved. There's things that we have to be, God, you said that I am healed. God, you said that you're going to take care of my every need. God, you said, God, you said, right? So he's comparing this in a type of a contrast. In other words, you don't have to force, the, force God to give, his, give you his promises. You don't have to twist his arm. It's already there. You just have to receive what he has for you. Now, let's, let's, let's go back to a little bit of getting uh, and, and dissect this a little bit. So why is the guy coming at midnight? Because in those days, they would travel at night because it was so hot during the day. So he's a little late, and he comes at, at midnight. And so he goes to his friend's house, and he says, uh, can you give me three loaves of bread? Because my friend's coming. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you need three loaves. What do you need three loaves? It's just your friend, right? But God gives abundance, doesn't he? And so because in those days, the custom was to give an overflowing meal to a traveler. They've been traveling. They're tired. They want to eat a good, solid meal. So he goes and talks to his friend. Now, his friend, and it's not a house like we have today. We have bedrooms upstairs or in the back room. This is like a one-room box where everything is in one room. The tables, the chairs, the beds, everything. One. So when you come to someone's house, you disturb the whole family. You know, the, the, guy, the dad has to get over, walk over the kids, excuse me, excuse me, and, and there might be animals in there and everything, and you don't just flip on a switch. You've got to get the oil lamp. You gotta, I mean, it's a big hassle. And the Bible says that he didn't care if he was his friend, but because the guy just wouldn't stop. We can't stop believing God. We can't stop saying, God, you said. God, you said. God, you... I, I remember the story of Kenneth Hagin. He was saying that his mom was dying, and he hadn't been able to give all the things that, that he'd want to give to her because now finally he got off the road. And he said, Lord, you promised us 70 years or by reason of strength, 80. I'm not going to get mad at you if you take her home, but I'm just going to remind you every day that I'm here that you didn't fulfill your promise. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to remind you for 10,000 years that you didn't fulfill your promise. And that, God likes that kind of persistence, shameless perseverance to believe that what God had promised, he's able also to perform. You know you have kids that, that shame you. Dad, you said we were going to go to Disneyland. Dad, you said we were going to go to the park. You know, when I, Charles was young, I'd make promises like that. And then when the time came, I was ready, I was tired. And Marianne would say, but Dad, you said. How can you argue with that? Okay. How can God, how can, the Bible says, come unto me and reason. Let's reason together. So, um, so he, has a, uh, he goes on his journey. Let me see the next, next slide. Th this, came, this came to life to me uh, the other day. Friday night, I'm watching the NBA finals, just all casual, relaxing and everything. I get a phone call, and it's Marianne's brother. says, can you go pick up our daughter? She's in Burbank, and she had a little medical emergency. And can you go by and pick her up and bring her to your house? How did you get my number? <laughs> What are, you, what are you doing calling me? Do you know what? It's NBA. Can you wait to halftime or can you wait? Can you wait? No, because I remembered. He drove my son all the way up to Washington to take on a job with this car and flew back. 
And then when he went from Washington, he flew up to Washington and drove him all the way to St. Louis and then flew back. And all he's asking me to do is go to Burbank. Can you just do that? Yeah, I had no reservation. And I'm sure these guys were friends. I'm sure they had mutual uh, times where they helped each other. So you can't um, give up. You have to believe God. And here's the last, well, one of the last scriptures, Ephesians 3.20. Now here's where it gets gooder. Now to him, who's him? God. You know, when you don't even have to put the, the name, that's, you know it's, it's him. Who is able, say able, able, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now, it's interesting the grammar in this because he could have just said, now unto him who is able to do all that we ask. Wouldn't that be good enough? If, if someone did all that you asked, they'd be in pretty good, you know, uh, stead with you, right? But he said, no, that doesn't really describe the way God. He does above all, okay? He's able to do above all that you ask. Amen. Then the Holy Spirit said, no, that's not exactly the spirit or the heart of the Lord. So now unto him who is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. Well, now it's getting really nice, huh? Abund that means more than you can think, it comes in more abundantly. And then he says, well, let's put another capper on this. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. What does that mean? That means way out there. So let me ask you this question. Are you experiencing that exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think in your life? I would dare to say, and I would be in the same category, no. I, need, I, 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 I got room to grow on that one. I mean, the all, pretty good, but above all? I don't know. How about abundantly above all? exceedingly, up. in other words, there's no words to describe how much he wants to bless us and take care of us. Now, what's the key? Why aren't we experiencing that? Because of the next part of that scripture, according to the power that works in us. You mean we have a part to play? We have to put some power on the inside of us. What kind of power do you have to put? We have to put some word power we have to put some prayer power. We have to put some Holy Spirit power so that we have some dunamis power to speak and see things work in our behalf. Amen. Praise God. It doesn't just happen. It just doesn't fall off the cherry tree. You have to put something on the inside according to the power that works on the inside of us. And, you know, sometimes you ever get dry. Anybody ever get dry? You know, like, where's the Lord? I don't know where he's at. I have some scriptures that I go to to encourage myself to get myself excited about the, the, the Lord. And one of them is in Psalms 119. And if you look at it, every verse except for one talks about the word, talks about the love of the Lord and, and all that. And I just want to read a couple of these to see if it will, you know, jolt you a little bit. Here's the way David talks. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. Rejoiced. Yeah, I read the Bible today. I, I, I you know, it's kind of hard. You know, I, I read a couple of scriptures, and that's about it. I will delight myself in, delight myself in your statutes. Delight. I get to read the Bible. 
Hallelujah. My soul breaks with longing for your judgment at all times. Behold, I long for your presence, your precepts. I wake up, I long. I'm not longing for breakfast. I'm longing for your precepts. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. This guy was crazy in love with the Bible. Here we go. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Right? Sweet. Have you, have you tasted and seen the word is sweet to you when he fulfills it in your life? Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. My, I opened my mouth and panted, for I long for your commandments. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. These are the way we have to fall in love with the, the Word of God. If you're not there, then maybe there's not much power working on the inside of us. The Word is a foundation. The Holy Spirit backs the Word of God, and your praise lifts up to God, and you get into His presence. All, if you do those things, those three things, most of your problems are going to go away. Amen? I, I like when people come to me, Pastor, I, I've done everything. And it just doesn't seem to be working. Well, have you tried uh, reading the Bible and delighting in the Lord and loving the Lord with all your heart and soul, strength and might? Uh, yeah, sort of. The best I can, right? Well, how about, are you praying? Yeah, I pray, you know, a little bit every day. But what about praising? Yeah, on Sunday, I praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have to believe. And the reason why there's so many scriptures in the Bible, about not giving up is because we will have that tendency as human beings to want to give up. But God is encouraging us and saying to us, don't give up. Keep coming. So these last two scriptures talk about that. Let's see. Therefore, in Hebrews 10, 35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Isn't that sad? Cast away your confidence. I, I don't think it's going to work. That's when we like, I'm thinking of like somebody that's fishing and they can't catch any fish, so they just cast off their, the rod. Cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Patience, you need patience, you need endurance, you need to keep going on and on and on and not give up. And the last scripture, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That's what we have to believe. If he promised it, will he not surely bring it to pass? If he said it, will he not surely do it? So whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, know that you know that you know that God is watching you. He's encouraging you. He wants you to fulfill, uh, be able to fulfill all the promises that he has given to you and hold fast and believe in God. So let's pray now.